Although familiar in Japan and throughout Europe, green roof gardening is just beginning to take off in the U.S., where vast amounts of open land discourage ventures into green roofs, even in cities. But ecological and economic concerns are pushing green roofs into the forefront of environmental design. Today's guest is regular garden designer guest, Bill Fidello, and we're going to talk about that and other issues of urban garden design right here, right after these messages. Stay with us. Clem Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com, S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. Underwriting also provided by Plant Skid, Deer and Rabbit Repellent, the first repellent to be listed organic by the Organic Materials Review Institute. Plant Skid is Swedish for plant protection and now comes with a plant protection guarantee. For details, www.plantskid.com. P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-D-D. Hello again and welcome. It's Ken Drews and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt. The Garden Show. You might be listening on your computer, KenDrewsRealDirt.com, uh, or on your iPod. And my guest today is going to be Bill Fidello, who is a semi-regular guest here on Ken Drews Real Dirt. And I'm very excited, as you can tell, because this week we went to Plant-O-Rama. Plant-O-Rama held at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden every year, and there are lectures, and there's a trade show, Plantarama is held at the end of January, and it's open to the public, but it's sponsored by Metro Hort Group, which is a group of professionals in horticulture in the metropolitan area. And Lyndon Miller spoke. She has designed a lot of public spaces, including Bryant Park in Manhattan and the Conservatory Garden in Central Park. And uh, Margaret Roach, the former editor of Martha Stewart Living, spoke, and Edmund Snodgrass spoke, and he's a green roof expert, and he spoke about plants for green roofs. He has a new book, Green Roof Plants, and I'm going to be speaking to Bill about about his experiences with green roofs so far. He's going to be installing many more in the future, and we talked about extensive and intensive garden gardens on rooftops. An intensive garden would be like making a garden that you would see a kind of a conventional garden on the ground, only up in the air. And Bill works with residential clients, so that's what most of these people want. But even in those gardens, he tries to work in some of the extensive kind of roof gardens, which is what we're seeing more and more of around the cities, uh, in Chicago, in New York City, in Japan, in Europe. Uh, parts of Europe, they they give people 15 euros per square meter additional money to help them develop green roofs because green roofs have proved to, well, they, they do so many things. They reduce harmful runoff. They retain water. They cool the air. They clean the air. They double the life of the roof surface. They reduce sound inside the building. They lower indoor and outdoor ambient temperatures in summer. They're just incredible. And these are like mats, almost like a lawn of some kind of plant or another. Usually it's a succulent plant, uh, like a sedum, plants that don't need a lot of water and don't grow very tall. 
And some people are spreading soil directly on a rooftop, which is not such a good idea. But Bill's been using a modular system, which we're going to talk about for his extensive roof garden plantings. And those green roofs in the modules, are that's the future as of now. That's what people are looking to and looking for, these modular units that fit together and make a complete, unbroken area of green living plants, either to look at from a building nearby, or there could even be a deck or patio where you could sit. And that's some of the things that I'm going to talk to Bill about right now. My guest today is Bill Fidello, New York City garden designer and urban garden designer and New York City area designer and, and a somewhat regular guest on Ken Drewsville Dirt. Hello, Bill. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> uh, waking up. It's been cold. It's been hard to wake up. Maybe we should, like, run outside naked, you know, and, and beat ourselves with birch branches <laughs> to get the blood flowing. Uh-huh. Uh, or not. Brief walk outside would do. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking to the audience about Plantarama, which was last week, and we were both there, and we heard Margaret Roach speak and Lyndon Miller speak yes. and Edmund Snodgrass speak who yes. has a new book on green roof plants. And uh, as you know, green roofs are, well, green roofs are hot, or they're cool in a way. Definitely cool. And although they're familiar in Japan and throughout Europe, green roof gardening is just beginning to take off in the U.S. And it really is beginning to take off, by the way. Um, it has been very popular in Chicago for a number of years, uh, but it has become very popular in New York, and that's a that's a very important thing because New York City definitely does need uh, to make use of these technologies. Well, about 1.5% of the United States, the 48 states, is covered with spaces that could be green roofs with building tops, rooftops. And 1.5% doesn't sound like much, but that's an area equal to the size of the state of Ohio. And that's a place where living plants could be grown on roofs, kind of like a living machine to retain water, reduce harmful runoff, to clean the air, you know, and to save energy for the buildings beneath them. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, will have a an enormously good effect on our environment overall. It's, it's hard to quantify. We don't know yet. There are studies going on. Uh, we know that in the U.S. buildings account for 39% of the energy use and 31% of greenhouse emissions. That we know. Uh, and most of that energy use is used for mechanical systems to heat and cool and air-conditioned buildings. And both heating and cooling could be reduced greatly by an insulating layer of living plants. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, and there are various kinds of uh, green roofs and um, green wall technologies that are, not, that are now uh, being used. Uh, however, standards and codes have not been fully developed and established for these systems. Um, but as we were saying, there is enormous potential, and I think a positive cumulative effect um, as these green roof systems are installed on buildings uh, in urban areas. Uh, the more you do, the better it gets, um, and the better results overall. 
Well, there aren't uh, established codes, but uh, some cities in the country are adopting some of the European models by offering rebates, tax rebates, for greening roofs. Absolutely, and New York City is one of them. Uh, as a matter of fact, owners uh, can get a one-year tax credit up to $100,000 if they cover 50% of their building's roof with a green roof. So that equals about $4.50 per square foot or approximately 25% uh, a 25% savings on the cost of creating a green roof. Hmm. And that would include design and installation and all the components that go with um, creating a green roof. So that's a pretty good incentive. Um, but, and I, I think it's helping to change the mindset of people in America regarding uh, these technologies, um, whereas in Europe, especially in Germany, I think uh, people have a, a different way of thinking, perhaps a slightly different way of thinking about everything, <laughs> and <laughs> are more inclined to, and have uh, for a very long time, um, embraced the, you know these technologies. And there are a lot of reasons uh, to do that above and beyond saving energy and having a positive impact on the environment. Um, one of those reasons is having something beautiful to look at. And I think that this is one of the areas that Americans are a little deficient in, it seems to me. Or they just don't realize that they can be happier by having beautiful gardens or beautiful buildings, because uh, gardens would certainly improve the appearance of a lot of buildings in urban areas, um, to look at and uh, improve the quality of their life. Well, when we when we talk about green roofs, uh, you and I are both thinking of something kind of specific, and we'll get into that in a moment, but a green roof could be a garden, as you're saying. It could be. It could be a beautiful garden to stroll through, a beautiful garden for taller buildings to look down upon. One thing I was thinking, I haven't really noticed the green revolution on rooftops in New York City because I haven't been in tall buildings looking around ah. in areas where they might be. But there are so many considerations before you, you know, just go out with your whisk, half whiskey barrels and fill them with soil and plants. There's structural engineering issues such as load bearing, waterproofing, insulation, drainage, and maintenance. You know, it's uh, it sounds all wonderful, but you you have to think about this completely. But anybody installing any kind of rooftop garden has to think of these things too. Absolutely. In fact, um, no project should move forward without consulting a structural engineer or an architect who can evaluate the existing structure to determine if the loading capacity of a roof has to be increased to accommodate the proposed green roof system. And there are a variety of systems that can be installed on a roof. And this is also a consideration for anyone who's building a building, a new building. And there are a lot of tax incentives even already in the country in some of the some of the major cities uh, to encourage new buildings that are being put up to be prepared for green roofs. Yeah. And uh, that certainly has uh, become very popular. In fact, I know a developer who is trying to incorporate green roof technology and, uh, in fact, has just built a building in East Harlem that will have a green roof installation. 
uh, an extensive green roof installation. It's something we haven't mentioned yet, various types of green yeah, roofs. That's, that's what I want to get into next. And actually, why don't you, if you can, tell me what a roof garden, what that means to you. I mean, what are the different things that you think about, depending on whether you're doing it for residents, which you mostly have residential clients. Well, the traditional roof garden, uh, which is what I think most people think of when they think of uh, uh, gardens on roofs, is um, what would be called an intensive roof garden. And that means that it needs uh, a lot of maintenance. Oh, a lot of maintenance. Well, yeah. I, I just want to remind the listeners that I'm speaking with Bill Fidello. You're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Plant Skid Animal Repellent is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Developed for the forestry industry over 20 years ago, no other product has been so extensively tested for long-term efficacy. For details, www.plantskid.com. P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-D-D. Clem's Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com, S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. Hello again, and thank you for staying with us. My name is Ken Drews. I am your host for Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. And today we're talking with garden designer Bill Fidello, and he just said the M word. We're talking about rooftop gardens and the different types of green roofs that could be installed, and Bill mentioned the word maintenance. And, it, you know, in public gardens especially, it's not that impossible to raise money to put in some kind of wonderful new garden, but it's next to impossible to raise money for maintenance, I suppose. That is, that's very unfortunate because... All gardens, including extensive green roofs, need to be maintained. And maintenance is a very important component of um, making sure that a garden doesn't fail. Well, you were talking about making a garden for a residential client, and, and we have seen roof gardens, and I imagine you make containers and plant them. Uh, yep. with, it could be trees, it could be tropical plants, it could be perennials, it could be annuals, it could be almost anything. But the, the wave, especially in commercial situations, is the kind of green roofs we're beginning to see that, that we have seen in Japan and in Europe, uh, which consist of several layers, a kind of lasagna gardening, uh, okay. where you have a, a root-resistant layer on the bottom, a drainage layer, a filter membrane, maybe, okay. growing medium, and, and of course, plants. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about these new green roof systems and, and the system that you've found to be most attractive for your work? Well, there are um, a variety of systems, and um, one can approach the extensive green roof um, installation in different ways. Uh, it's possible to plant, create and plant on site with all the components, uh, and that would require um, the items that you just mentioned uh, and the planting medium or, or soil would be applied to the roof surface um, above the necessary You mean necessary applied component. and spread over the whole thing? Over the whole surface. That's one way to approach this. I don't think it's the most um, 
It may be the least expensive approach, uh, although that's not you know, completely certain. It depends on the project. All projects are unique. Uh, but I don't think it's the most efficient way to uh, install a green roof. And um, there are a lot of reasons uh, for that. And I could get ahead of myself and talk about the system that I think is probably one of the best, and that is the live roof modular system. Um, I've actually worked with this system, and among the things that I like about it are that the modules are grown at a nursery, and in the northeast, uh, the supplier for these modules is Pride's Corner Farm, or one of the big suppliers is Pride's Corner Farm in Connecticut. Uh, they also grow plants uh, for nurseries, uh, other kinds of plants and containers. But they uh, are growing green roof systems, live roof systems at their nursery. And by the time the person who is going to install this system on a roof uh, gets the modules, they are fully vegetated. <laughs> and I think that's fully vegetated. That's a very important uh, factor because they are less likely to fail. Um, the plants are established, uh, and because there's full coverage in the module, weeds are much less likely to take hold. Uh. Um, modules that are not uh, fully grown or fully vegetated or installed on a roof, there are open areas that are uh, subject to um, wind erosion and also lots of weeds can take hold because there are a lot of things flying through the air that can get into open soil or open planting medium. Well, it's just like a garden anywhere. Any garden, exactly. Um, and these plants tend to be very happy in their little homes, and when they're uh, put together over a large, expansive roof, they uh, grow together. Um, to completely conceal all of the seams, although the seams are not really very visible even when the uh, modules are installed because of the, uh, the amount of vegetation that is in each module. I've been trying to think of an analogy. It, they're not really like egg crates, but they're like crates, I guess. They're, they're like crates, exactly. Mm -hmm. And they have chambers and some kind of medium, and the chambers are filled with small plants, which are the plugs, and then they grow it grow together so by the time you get it you've got something that is looks like a flat of a full flat of filled filled with plants but it's actually got these little cells these modules right they are individual cells uh, within the module each module in this case is one foot wide two feet long and uh, they come um, there are different heights or, or I should say yeah. um, planting depths yeah. available there is a shallow one um, that can be very effective for an installation where uh, weight is a very big issue. These uh, shallow um, modules are only two and a half inches deep, mm. and they weigh 15 to 17 pounds per square foot, fully saturated uh, with water, fully vegetated and, and saturated with water. So I guess these shallow uh, ones have to be maintained even more. They have to be watered more often, I would imagine. They would have to be watered more often, and if there is not an irrigation system uh, in place uh, as part of the, or installed as part of the installation of 
of the green roof, then they would have to be watered uh, manually using a hose. Um, but yes, it, it is important to stay on top of this. As we said earlier, maintenance is extremely important, even in the case of a very efficient system. And this sort of green roof system would have shallow rooted plants, probably sedums. Um, they're not meant for human consumption in the sense that they're not meant to be gardens that people fit in and enjoy that way. They, they can certainly be viewed from other uh, areas, other buildings perhaps, buildings that are taller than uh, you know the roof that is covered with this kind of garden uh, or adjacent buildings, and uh, they really are beautiful to see but they're not meant to be used in the way that the kind of garden that we were talking about a little earlier uh, is meant to be used. Even though the technologies are not fully developed, I guess, they certainly are, uh, they have remarkable potential and have demonstrated um, remarkable performance so far in a lot of situations. Well, I think this is a subject that we're going to be visiting and revisiting and visiting again over the years as, as new products and new modules are developed. And uh, just as you're talking, I, I'm, I'm thinking of when you put a roof garden on a roof, people think, oh, it's going to destroy the roof surface. But actually, if done well, this, this extends the life of roof surfaces. It absolutely does. It can, in fact, extend the life of a roof membrane two to four times wow. its normal life. Um, and that's something that uh, people don't mention too often. But, um, it, you know, it is, and it does this by preventing UV rays from, from getting to the roof membrane, uh, which is perhaps one of the most damaging um, things uh, for any surface exposed to sunlight. Uh, but it also reduces roof temperature and it reduces fluctuations in the membrane. Mm. So the membrane is a lot more secure when it's covered by an extensive green roof. Well, Bill, I'm, I'm afraid we're running out of time. I have to let you go, but uh, it's such a fascinating subject and something I think in, in two or three years, it's something everyone will be talking about and knowing about. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for joining me today. And I look forward to more developments and speaking with you again. Bye for now. Thank you, Ken. It's great to speak with Bill, even in these early years of green roofs in the United States, something that's been going on since just after World War II in Europe, and uh, something that I think is going to take off. I hope it will take off, but uh, we did mention that there were tax abatements, and in some places there's even money to help produce green roofs, or when a building is being built, to consider a green roof, to consider all the green things that we can do for the future, but... Uh, I'm afraid that in order to have these things happen, we're going to have to have legislation. It's going to have to be more than even a tax abatement. But we have to prove that having gardens, in, especially in urban spaces, not only helps people feel better, but actually makes money, saves money and makes money. And we can prove it. There's been lots of studies that uh, green spaces attract people. Sometimes business owners don't really want to have trees and plants in a shopping area. They think maybe it hides their, their signs from the street. But we all know that we want to shop in green areas. We will even spend more money. So it even means more taxes for towns and cities when they do invest in greening up their urban spaces. 
not to mention all the health benefits and lowering the temperature on the streets and lowering the temperatures in cities. Trees and green spaces in cities even help to reduce road rage, if you can imagine that. It doesn't seem hard. Once you hear that, it doesn't even seem that hard to believe, but it is true. Studies have shown that. And it's also been found that mature trees have an even greater effect than just young trees being planted. And it can almost be measured in the size of the trees and the amount of consumer action in activity in places where there are older trees, how people feel about the presence of, of bigger trees and the treetop canopy. And there have been extensive studies on crime reduction in areas that are landscaped. Uh, in Chicago, for example, they looked at housing developments, um, low-income housing where the plantings were still intact and those where the plantings had been removed or concrete had been poured to save money mostly on maintenance, and the crime is higher where the plants aren't. Now, you'd think that people might hide behind plants and jump out, but actually the opposite was the case. There was less crime, less danger in areas that were, well, frankly, beautiful. So thank you for tuning in to another edition of Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. I'll be here next week when my guest will be Ethne Clark, the new editor of Organic Gardening Magazine. Speak with you then.